0: Welcome to the podcast for the First United Methodist Church, located in Round Rock, Texas. This week, we have a very special podcast about
1: the Holy Spirit with all three of our pastors as we celebrate the time of Pentecost. God's Spirit often moves in our lives. It it comes to us if we're open to paying attention. Sometimes you don't even have to be open. It'll just find you.
2: The Holy Spirit wasn't just some mysterious gentle breeze or ghostly presence that we we typically think about the spirit the holy spirit is actually a person of the godhead and is just as much god as jesus is god in fact when we talk about the trinity it is the father the son and the holy spirit it's a pathway of intimacy with god i like the hebrew understanding it's it's, rock.
0: it's this wind that's why we sometimes say it's that dove that falls upon, it, and sometimes, like that rushing in, it catches you off guard. Sometimes, in the music here in the 940 service, like, the move of the Holy Spirit hits me as we're, we're singing the, these hymns. And so, but sometimes it happens in the mundaneness of life.
1: We uh, are celebrating Pentecost today, and I want to talk a little bit about what it is and lead up to it. And then we're going to have a conversation uh, and talk about the Holy Spirit and what it means in our lives and in our church and just just how God works through us in the spirit so uh Acts chapter one uh Jesus is about to ascend to heaven and he has a conversation his with, with his disciples now you would think that would be a pretty significant thing if if I'm about to leave and go to heaven, this is important so he says to them that they're to go to Jerusalem, stay in Jerusalem, and wait so can you imagine just Hearing that, first thing I want you to do is nothing. So how many of you like to wait? Anybody? No, we don't, we don't like to wait, especially when things are, are uncertain, which that's all of life. And he says, wait, and then the Spirit will come, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. So in other words, I want you to go be my witnesses to share my love with others Not just those that are in your family, not just those that think like you, that are the same faith as you, uh, even those that you were taught to not like growing up, the Samaritans. I want you to go there too. Then the ends of the earth. So in other words, everybody, you know, our benediction every Sunday, at least the one that I say is, as we go from this place to love you, to love all people, and to serve the world in Christ. So he's saying to them, it's everybody. Everybody. And he says, go and wait. So they go and they do that. They're waiting in Jerusalem. They're there in the room, gathered outside the room as well. There's about 120. And then this violent wind comes. You, you, a lot of times we think of the Holy Spirit as this gentle dove, and but as Pat was talking earlier this morning, it was a violent thing. It was disruptive. It blows in among them. And they, they start to speak in different languages. Now, this is not speaking in tongues like people think, typically of that. This is them just speaking different languages, but each had the ability to hear. So it'd be like today, if some people over here began to speak Spanish, French, English, and you would all be able to understand, A very, very unique experience. And the people that were gathered outside were wondering, what in the world is going on? So they accused them of being drunk, and I love Peter's response we're not drunk. It's only nine o'clock in the morning. Mm -hmm. Pat, tell them the other side of that, what that means.
2: Good Methodist response there, Mm -hmm. by the way. Yeah. Um, yeah, Peter was
1: a Methodist. Exactly.
2: Um, Actually, I I think the um, interesting literal translation of that phrase where Peter says, these men are, are not drunk as you suppose, Literally, it reads, These men, because they were all men, these men are drunk, but not as you suppose. A very different meaning. There was something very powerful happening in their lives that was surreal and extraordinary. And people, they looked at them and thought, Are they drunk? What is going on with them? So yeah. obviously, God was moving.
1: Yeah, something significant was happening. And they didn't create it. it it happened to them, and that's how uh, God's Spirit often moves in our lives. It, it comes to us if we're open to paying attention. Sometimes you don't even have to be open. It'll just find you. Uh, they like listen a, to our podcast, they will discover that. Sure, right. Yeah, they'll listen to the podcast, and then it'll, maybe, who knows? They'll you know? never come back. Does that ever worry you that it that does, goes out?
2: This episode <laughs> does worry me. But I like the, the
0: Celtic understanding of the Holy Spirit, they see it as a wild goose. And mm-hmm. if you ever tried to see a wild goose, they're out running around, you ever can't capture it. And sometimes it just appears right up, up upon you. And so I think it's a good example of...
1: Wow, I did not think we'd go
2: there. That's good, though. Well, there good, it is, though. like a wild, wild goose. goose. There like, you go,
1: yeah. That's right. That's kind of what it's like. How do you experience Holy Spirit?
2: Well, um, and actually, and I did talk a little bit about this in our little podcast episode um, i wasn 't raised in the church, and so I really came to know the Lord as part of the jesus movement and um, and we were also Monica and I are, were also part of the charismatic movement so the, the the movement of the Holy Spirit that was moving across every single denomination in the in the late 70s and what I learned from That experience and what God taught me about himself was that the Holy Spirit wasn't just some mysterious gentle breeze or ghostly presence that we we typically think about the Spirit, but the Holy Spirit is actually a person of the Godhead and is just as much God as Jesus is God. In fact, when we talk about the Trinity, it is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit and so the Holy Spirit for me is a, a way of knowing the Father. It's a pathway of intimacy with God. And yes, it's the muscle and the strength of God in my life, but it's also a very intimate dimension of God that draws very close and very personal to me. It's kind of interesting. Some of the words describe that describe the Holy Spirit, such as comforter, you know, and um, that is, is a, there's just an intimacy about God in the presence of the Holy Spirit and in the person of the Holy Spirit.
0: Maybe yeah, uh, it's um, I like the Hebrew understanding. It's it's ruch, It's this wind. It's why we sometimes say it's that or that dove that falls upon it, and sometimes like that rushing in. That kind mm-hmm. of it catches you off mm-hmm. guard. Sometimes in the music here in the nine forty service, it kind of the move of the Holy Spirit hits me as we're, we're singing the, these hymns. and so. But sometimes it happens in the mundaneness of life. I've talked about Aldersgate, um, the seminary. They had a movement of the Holy Spirit several months ago, and people said it wasn't that extraordinary. It just seemed kind of boring if you went into the room. No one was swinging from chandeliers. No one was writhing on the floor. It was just these young people worshiping God for 24 hours for 16 days, Straight, but there was this peace and calm, in that, that comforting spirit, yeah, like and, sort of
2: like you were talking about Asbury College, right? Mm-hmm. And you, you've talked uh, we, this week. We talked about Aldersgate, mm-hmm. where um, John, John Wesley, Wesley, yeah, and um, and tell him that story because I want to give a little follow-up, a, a lesser-known story about that. And, yeah,
0: so he went to go to church on Aldersgate Street. May twenty-fourth is when we celebrate um, Aldersgate Day in the United Methodist. Church and he was going to just a regular service. They were teaching about the epistle to the Romans by Martin Luther. So it wasn't anything. I was excited. Yeah. It was kind of boring, but he had his, he said his heart was strangely warmed and he wasn't talking about having eating a lot of spicy food and just something happening to um, his heart there. But the move of the, the Holy Spirit there in his life. There and that's why in our we have the cross and flames uh, in the United Methodist Church. The flames represent the movement of the Holy Spirit in the life of our church.
2: Well, and, and that is such a huge anchor point for us as United Methodists. And um, a lesser known story, it happened seven months later, where uh, John Wesley and Charles Wesley and twenty-four-year-old George Whitfield, uh, just wonderful. Um, um, just spiritual uh, heroes in, in our own lives. And you've been influenced by them, whether we realize it or not. But they were gathered seven months later on New Year's Eve at Fetters Lane. And there were 60 people that were gathered. And they were just praying and seeking God. And at three o'clock in the morning, the Holy Spirit fell. On their lives, and uh, Wesleyan scholars tell us that from that moment on, um, that John Wesley's life, as well as the rest of their lives, were changed markedly because they had some sort of experience with the Holy Spirit that allowed them to have that vibrancy of faith um, in their lives like nothing else. In fact, one of the general conferences later on, named that day as the beginning of Methodism because of what the Holy Spirit had done. So it was the birth of our church in many ways as well. We all need that presence and that power at work in our lives, and it doesn't have to be kind of crazy and strange. It just needs to be present, I think.
1: Yeah, I think of the Holy Spirit, too, as playful. Um, You ever think of God as playful? Think of creation when God created We've also each been given the ability to laugh. That is a human emotion. It's it, it's playful, and so I think of that playfulness of God. Anybody watched the PGA Championship last week, the major? We have a couple of people here, Kathy and Carl, that were actually y'all went one of the days there. Kathy was up uh, visiting her aunt there and actually was there one of the days and. The neat thing about this tournament was a PGA teaching pro who works at a course in California. Michael Block is his name, uh, and he had qualified through a series of amateur tournaments to uh, play in the PGA Championship. And so that'd be like uh, that'd be like a really good college player being invited to play in the NBA Finals, you know, without a whole lot of preparation. So imagine what that would be like. So he arrives and kind of. What do you got to lose, right? Go have a good time and play. Uh, Normally in these cases, they don't make the cut. Hey, it's a great trip. Well, he not only made the cut, he was in the top 10 at one point of all these elite golfers. The last day on Sunday, he was paired with Roy McIlroy. So you can imagine this huge crowd is now following him. He's on national television, millions of people watching now and he's playing. And what I love about his story is the playfulness, the the fun that he had, the humility. Uh, On each of his golf balls, he has the phrase, why not, printed on it, which I love. He said, every shot I take, why not? Right? Why why not me? Why not today? Why not us? And that's his reminder. So he gets to the 15th hole, and if you were watching the tournament, you got to look it up on YouTube. It's great, by the way. Not now, but I guess you could. (laughs) It's such a great story. They've checked out out of the conversation completely. It's 15th hole. He hits a hole-in-one, and most hole-in-ones, they'll hit and bounce. This one literally just right in the hole. You cannot make this up, and he's right on that fringe of being in the top 15. If you're in the top 15, you automatically qualify for next year's PGA. Championship gets to the eighteenth hole, horrible spot, chipping up on the green, just terrible. Has to make a par to qualify. Hits it, hits a great shot, several feet out, and then he puts it. And sure enough, just like a movie, the putts going and going, and you're like, is it going to make it? You know, it's one of those, and it drops in the hole right at the last minute, and. Everybody just goes crazy, but I love that spirit of why not? How often do we ask that in our lives about ourselves and God's Spirit? Why not? And playfulness. I think often as individuals and in our systems, whether it's family systems or our work or even our church, we take ourselves too seriously sometimes, and we should play more and have more fun. I can tell you I've been by the bedside of many people as they have taken their last breath and not a one of them has ever said to me, I wish I'd taken life more seriously and worked more and had less friends and less fun. Never.
0: That's why I love that we have the Council Oak Preschool because those kids remind me when I see them to have fun. We were at their graduation ceremony and as the preschoolers and they get to say what they want to be when they grow up. And we had answers of, I want to be the Red Power Ranger. I want to be a dinosaur. I want to be a penguin. I want to be a good LSU football player. All that was true. Just, All
1: right? of them did, yes. All mythical things that don't really no, happen. So no. this is, no. it's great to have fun. That is not cool. <laughs> Can you shut his mic off, please? No, we, we were laughing at the, the graduation because they're hearing all these things. And not a one of them want to be a pastor. It was shocking. Oh, but uh, they're going through all the lists. And I said, uh, David, do you realize, you know, we're pastors and we're a notch below a penguin? <laughs> 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 and a T-Rex dinosaur. That's, right. That's where we're at. So even anyway.
2: If, even if you make the list, it didn't even sound yeah, like Yeah, even weird. if you make
1: the list. So, um,
2: every day we're there greeting. Well, uh, I think this is your... You're, um, Going to teach the uh, staff how to play pickleball. I mean, this is... I play pickleball here. This is significant. Look at this. Online, hands are up everywhere.
1: Pickleball's fun. (laughs) You know, we played with some friends last week, going to play again. It's fun because I don't think anybody's trying to be a professional out there, at least not in our group from what I saw, none of us. It's just fun. It's just play. And so there in Acts 2, there's this spirit... And then what does Peter do? He says, "Now nah, it's a good time for a sermon. We're having too much fun. Let's bring it down a notch. You caught the joke. Uh,
2: <laughs> anticlimactic, right? Yeah, last <laughs> whoa, it's
1: like, whoa, everybody, how about a sermon? And there was nothing spectacular about the message at all. If, if Peter was in a homiletics class, which is a preaching class, the professor would be very critical of, well, you didn't have a lot of good illustrations, your transitions were awkward, your, you know, all he said was the gospel, which should be a lesson to all of us is that's enough. He said, essentially, uh, God became one of us in Jesus, and even though you participated in Him being crucified, God raised Him from the dead, and because of Him, you can have life and that was it and next thing you know they went from 120 to 3000 just just like that and if you look at the text it was they they were gathered the 120 waiting on the spirit and the others outside <clears throat> all jewish by the way both groups they thought they were drunk so you had two days and so peter was in a wonderful position of bringing two theys together and he did or I should say the Spirit did. And in our culture, doesn't the culture we live in need a church that can model? Thanks for tuning in to this week's sermon series podcast from First United Methodist Church
0: of Round Rock, Texas. For more information, you can find us online at fumc-rr.org.
2: Or find- we kind of saw that in the, the miracle of Pentecost and as Jennifer read so adeptly, all those different languages that people spoke, um, it's actually 15 different languages at least were spoken on that, in that scripture passage, which is just totally remarkable. And earlier, Brad, you talked about how Jesus had told them to go wait for the promise, and that promise will allow you to be Witnesses of the Kingdom of God in Jerusalem, Samaria, uttermost parts of the earth and i 'd never really considered that meaning at home to your enemies, people you don 't like, and then throughout the world and I think in the languages that were spoken, that miracle took place right before their eyes, and I, I resonate deeply with the two days, and that that picture that you're painting, because I I feel like there were 15 different languages at least being spoken, but they all contained the same message. God loves you. The kingdom of God is here. And I don't know about you all, um, I think our world desperately needs to hear that. We're so divided, and we have so many walls, just like They had the walls and divisions in that day and culture, based on your nationality, based on your ethnicity, based on your way of life. Um, For goodness sakes, Luke is the only Gentile writer in all of the New Testament. And all of this experience tells Luke, and it tells all the people all around the world, God loves you, you belong. And if our church stands for anything, it's that, God loves you. You have home a home here. You belong, and we need that. It's
0: it, it's good to be countercultural that way for the, for the radical church. So, yeah, yes. Yeah, I mean John Wesley says we can't, we may not think alike, but can we love alike? And what a gift it is to be a part of a community that boldly lives that out every every day.
2: I think our our world desperately needs that. We we pick anything and everything to divide each other, and. Pentecost was the day that the world came together by the Spirit of God. Uh, I, yes, it still happened.
0: Yesterday we had um, a service for Saida. She plays the piano in our traditional services. And she requested, and I didn't get the memo, that everyone does dressed in bright colors. And so the whole choir was in these beautiful, bright colors. And Saida is from, um, I always forget where she's from. Romania. Armenia, thank you. And so there was many languages spoken. She did this beautiful greeting in um, Russian, Hindi, Turkish, and English. And um, there were people from all around the world celebrating her mom, who's this very accomplished musician. There are songs from the late 80s and early 90s. I felt like I was at church camp again. I needed some s'mores. But it was this beautiful celebration of this wonderful woman in this bright, colorful way with these different languages, but everyone coming together to celebrate the mom's life, but to celebrate what God had done in her mom's life as well. I think it's just kind of a little snapshot of the power of the the Holy Spirit, the power of Pentecost in someone's life that we had here on our campus.
1: So here is your assignment. You didn't think you'd get an assignment for Memorial Day weekend at church. Usually it's kind of chill, you know, a lot of people out of town, let's Think about the cookout we're going to have or the pickleball that will be played. Here's your assignment. Uh, Think about what you're going to do this week to play. Your enthusiasm is killing me. (laughs) You would have thought I just asked you to go run into a brick wall repeatedly.
2: They could memorize (laughs) those 15 languages. Yes, I'd like for you to memorize
1: (laughs) And that's our assignment, too, is how can we play in our lives and remember the playfulness of God's Spirit, and maybe, just maybe, uh, that playfulness will be attractive to others to see the Spirit of Christ living in you and living in me. Sound good? All right, let's pray. God, thank you for your spirit that works in us and through us and all of the variety of who we are. Remind us again that you are a joyful, playful God. And on the days when we take ourselves too seriously, help us to look in the mirror and maybe smile, knowing that you can work through anyone or anything even us. We give you thanks for that in Christ's name. Amen. Thanks for tuning in to this week's sermon series podcast from First
0: United Methodist Church of Round Rock, Texas. For more information, you can find us online at fumc-rr.org or find us on social media at fumcrr.